one thing you may not know about me is that I don't really like to read. You're not illiterate, though. No, I'm fully literate. I just don't like to. I would rather listen to podcasts. And if you, you know, kind of take the best of both worlds, you get Audible. I love Audible. Yeah, I've got a couple different books on there right now that I'm listening to. Uh, Nitro, The Rise and Fall of WCW. I've been listening to that. That's a good one. And I've been listening to If Chins Could Kill by Bruce Campbell, also narrated <laughs> by Bruce Campbell. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I've also been listening to The Shining and Dr. Sleep, the sequel to The Shining, both the great Stephen King books. I read both of those. See, I'm listening to them. I don't have to read them. That's why I love Audible. If you are like me and you want to hear these great n- novels without having to read them, head to audibletrial.com slash cultasplat. That's audibletrial.com slash cultasplat and get a 30-day free trial on us. Welcome back to Cult of Splat. I am your host, Taylor Bartle, joined once again by my co-host, Kevin Nesgoda. Yo, what's up? How are you, sir? Doing all right. Other than what we talked about beforehand, but you know, we don't need to bring sports into this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nope. We are not talking about sports. We are talking about music. Talk about some rock and roll today. Uh, yeah. Specifically, we are talking about the the movie that I think everyone knew we were going to do as soon as we announced this podcast. People were like, oh, two guys in their late 30s to early 40s. Yeah, they're definitely going to do Josie and the Pussycats, right? Right. It, you know, it was in our late, you know, high school, early college careers. I mean, I think out. a lot of people maybe, yeah, when this, when this came up on their podcast player, they were probably like, oh, they must have a special guest or something to to pick that movie nope this nope. is all me guys <laughs> this is a hundred percent taylor i had never watched this movie until about two hours ago um I, since we always forget to say it at the top if you haven't seen this movie go watch the movie first because we're gonna spoil it we're gonna talk about the entire movie front to back yeah so if, if you, you haven't figured podcast, it out after like 41 episodes you know this whole thing is spoilers start to finish yeah, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, the way it works is we're going to talk about the entire movie, every scene. Well, not every scene, but we're, we're going to talk about the entire movie. So we are going to spoil a lot. So if you haven't seen the movie, and if you actually care, then make sure you go and watch the movie first. Yeah. Uh, also, s- since we forgot to mention last episode, we are on Patreon now. Hey. Uh, you can head to patreon.com slash cultasplat and join our inner circle for as little as $5. We're going to have bonus content uh, at least monthly. Uh, depending on how many people we get, maybe we'll increase it, the the volume. Uh, but it's not going to be like the regular show. It's going to be new things, uh, new um, formats. Uh, we do have one format that we call Fresh Hell. It's basically the opposite format, where it's movies that are fresh that we hate. Yeah. But then we've <sighs> got like uh, we've got a Where Are They Now, where we look at movies we've done in the past and try to think about. We basically try to make a legacy sequel out of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, one that we did was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, we've got one in the in the can of that so far. Uh, we also have Make Your Own Movie, where we make our own movie. Uh, Doc Talk, where we talk about some documentaries. Not the cleverest name, I know, but we'll figure it, it out. Is what it is. Yeah. So uh, if you want 
more cult of splat if you want to join the inner circle head to patreon.com slash cult of splat and uh join us yes do it so back to josie and the pussycats um critics score 53 percent. so not terrible it's it's close to the threshold yeah it's right up there uh audience score 52 oh it's lower yeah by by one percentage point um oh, shit. the uh, the critics' consensus says this live-action update of Josie and the Pussycats. By the way, this—if if you don't know—this is a live-action adaptation of a old Hanna Barbera cartoon, based off the Archie comics. Based off a comic book, yeah, from from Archie comics. Uh, this live-action update of Josie and the Pussycats offers up bubbly, fluffy fun, but the constant appearance—a constant—the constant appearance of product placements seems rather hypocritical. The whole movie is a goddamn product placement. <laughs> uh. Yeah, but like, tell me Ironically. you didn't get the joke. Yeah, tell me you didn't get the joke without telling me you didn't get the joke. Right. Yeah, like the the, the whole reason that there's so much product placement is a joke. And here's the thing: fun fact, uh, no brand got paid or paid for being in this movie. Oh shit! Yeah, like there's. I mean, just to kind of rattle off a few. There's there's a lot of Coke, uh, Target, Starbucks, Steve Madden. Steve Madden, um, Kodak, Motorola. Oh, Kodak's huge. Yeah, just to name a few. And none of these brands paid to have their logos in the movie. I wonder how so, they felt about being like anti-commercialized in the whole film. I don't know. Um, I think it's I hilarious. I, and like I said, yeah, I don't give a shit. Fuck them. Like I, like Unless I, you want to sponsor us. <laughs> Like I said, to me, this is just the critics not understanding the joke. Yeah, so, I mean, just... the Well, okay, let's do the IMDb synopsis. Uh, a girl group find themselves in the middle of a conspiracy to deliver subliminal messages through popular music. Concise, to the point, 100% correct. Yep, nailed it. Well done. Uh, yeah, Josie and the Pussycats, are, they're a band. And so we're going to talk about, a lot about the music in this movie. Um, and the music is... Uh, kind of wild because it was all produced by Babyface. What? Yeah. Uh, the singer who does all the, the Josie singing is actually the singer for uh, Letters to Cleo. Oh, I thought she sounded familiar. Yeah. And uh, the music was written. The Where is it? The songs were written by Adam Duritz of Counting Crows. Uh, Jane Wheedlin of the Go-Go's. And the late Adam Schlesinger. From Fountains of Wayne. Holy shit. That's goddamn. Yeah, there's some star power behind that. Yeah, there is. Uh, and I also learned Adam Schlesinger also wrote That Thing You Do. Not the movie. He wrote the song. That okay. I was like, hold up. <laughs> I have questions. Uh, speaking of writers... Speaking of writers, this one is written and directed by Deborah Kaplan and Harry L. Font. Uh, looks like they're mostly a team. They, they team everything together. Uh, this will not be their last appearance on this podcast because they also wrote and directed Can't Hardly Wait. Oh, I love that one. I can't hardly wait to do that one. <laughs> uh, there's actually there's a Can't Hardly Wait reference in this movie that I'll talk about when we get there. Did you catch it? I think I did. I think so. Okay. All right. Uh, so I guess, um, I guess I do have one more fun fact that I want to mention. Okay. 
Valerie, who is played by Rosario Dawson in this movie, the bass player, Beyonce and Left Eye Lopez and Aaliyah all auditioned for that role. Holy shit. She beat out some star power, especially in a one. Yeah. And Rachel Lee Cook, who plays Josie, uh, beat out Maggie Gyllenhaal and Zoe Deschanel for the role. This is a much better casting than either of those two. And uh, Tara Reid beat out nobody. They the they always wanted Tara Reid. Yeah, she was pretty big in 2001. Yeah, she was hot off the American Pie movies. Yeah, she was uh, she was a cash machine at that point. And I I swear that I thought she played drums already. Um, but according to my girlfriend, all three of them had to go to band camp and learn yeah. how to play at least you a know, couple chords. Well, yeah, she yeah. barely touched the skins in this in this one. <laughs> She's mostly like doing like count offs. <laughs> yeah. All right. So should we just dive in then? All right. Let's plug in. All right. So uh, we open at a airport that we see a, a private jet and there's a boy band called De Jour coming That's a out. Good boy band name. It is. Yeah. Um, girls just lining up just to get a glimpse of them all, you know, screaming their heads off. Beatlemania times 10 here. Yeah, they got signs. You know, I, I love DeJour. I love Marco or whoever the, the different uh, band members are. And uh, who the band members are, are Donald Faison. Why isn't he a bigger star? I love that guy. Oh, me too. Yeah, I listen to the Scrubs podcast and he's fucking hilarious on it. Y- yeah, he's amazing. Uh, Seth Green. Interesting casting. Hey. Tell someone what's up. Uh, Brecken Meyer. Love me some Brecken Meyer. This is his first appearance on the podcast and not his last. Yeah, same with Seth Green. Uh, and Alexander Martin. Who? Uh, the only other thing I know him from is Can't Hardly Wait. Oh, shit. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to touch my penis? <laughs> I am a sex machine. Oh god, that's such a good movie. And so uh they they start lip syncing to their song and it's funny cuz uh my girlfriend my girlfriend watched this with me. When I told her I was doing this movie, she was just like, "Yes, I will watch that with you." But so she was just like, "Is the audio track off or are they just lip syncing really badly?" They were lip syncing terribly. It was really bad lip syncing. Yeah, because you could see, you could watch like the girls in the crowd or there's like a reporter there and all their audio synced up fine. So it yeah, was just 100%. bad lip syncing uh, to the song Backdoor Lover. That's exactly as like, you know, a guy in his mid, mid-20s or early 30s wants to be singing to a 14-year-old, you know, college or <laughs> high school freshman. Uh, just to give you an idea, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping... That I, I, you know, I did. I talked to the Cult of Splat legal department, and they said we can play thirty seconds of a song as long as we are crit- critiquing it. So, uh, this is just a taste of what of what du jour is. All right. <laughs> so Backstreet.
Okay. That's about all we get. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, boy band, very clearly inspired by Backstreet and NSYNC and O-Town and those kind of bands. Um, and it's great that all the guys are like in their 30s. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so they, you know, sing for the crowd and they all go crazy and then they get on their private plane along with their manager played by Alan Cumming. Yes. Fucking love Alan Cumming. Uh, their, their plane has target logos all over the inside. Yeah. Um, and they get in and they start complaining to Alan Cumming. First off, Breckenmeyer is just like, Hey, can you talk to Coke and find out why they have me with a goatee on my limited edition Coke can. Cause everyone knows I, I shaved it into a soul patch for the whatever tour. Yeah. And then Donald Faison is like, and can you talk to Breckenmeyer about his monkey? Cause his monkey keeps pooping on everything. <laughs> and Breckenmeyer is like, well, maybe if you showed Dr. Zayas some more respect, Dr. Zayas would stop showing you the poo. I'm shocked. That a guy with an IQ of like eight would name his monkey Dr. Zayas. <laughs> Dr. Zayas, Dr. Dr. Zayas. Zayas. Oh, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. But so um, Alexander Martin is just like, jour means hygiene. <laughs> There's this running gag of jour means this. In that, yeah. You know, that dude, he reminds me of um, Alexander... Uh, Skarsgård's character in um, that model movie. Zoolander? Zoolander, yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. But I love, so like Faison and Meyer are like, you know, bickering to each other and Alan Cumming is like, eye contact, hand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start I love doing, doing that. To people. Yeah, when they, when they're just, you should do it to Joanna when she's like flicking your shit. Just be like, hey, eye contact. Hand. I'm going to start putting that into the repertoire. <laughs> Do it. But then Seth Green is like, hey, can you talk to Marco? Which I think Marco is... Uh, Marco is... Breckenmeyer, yeah. He's like, can you talk to Marco about him doing my face? Because on the cover of... I didn't, I didn't write down any of the names of the albums, but they're all really stupid. Yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> he's like, you know, I was doing this face. And now every time you see Marco, he's doing my face. face. And... <laughs> Uh, freaking Meyer goes oh am I doing your face because it's such a good face <laughs> sorry this isn't a, a video podcast but I'm doing the face he's doing it's the face like, well it's like duck face with downward pointing peace signs yeah which was very That's, hot in the late 90s early 2000s yeah and so you know then they start going at each other and Alexander Martin is like jour means friendship <laughs> And so they, they make up, you know, and they dap up and they're like, jour means family. <laughs> um, and then uh, jour means teamwork. <laughs> then Alexander Martin is just like, hey, uh, Alan Cumming, uh, hey, we were working on some remixes of the latest track and we noticed something really weird in the background. Do you think you could take a listen to it and see if you know what that's all about? So he puts on the headphones and he listens for a little bit. and He's like, hmm, I have no idea what that could be. Let me go talk to the pilot. Yeah, and then he goes into the cockpit and he goes, take the Chevy to the levee. Oh, no. And so this pilot, like, takes his gum and sticks it on the steering wheel. And then him and Alan Cumming put on parachutes and jump out of the plane. 
And Seth, I think it's Seth Green is, or Brecken Meyer, one of the two, is just like, hey, that guy parachuting kind of looks like Alan Cumming. Yeah, Seth Green. <laughs> and then, so like the plane starts going down and they're like, did you mean seat belts? <laughs> <laughs> but so Alan Cumming hits the ground. He pulls out his, you know, his flip phone because it's, it's 2001. Motorola. And he's, he's like, you know, we're going to need to find a new band. Don't worry, I'm on it. Flips it shut, and we see a sign that says, Welcome to Riverdale. Oh, that's, you know, a nice coincidence. Yeah. And so cut to, uh, we are introduced to Josie and the Pussycats via the song, Three Small Words. This is probably my favorite song in the movie. It's a it's a bop, as the kids would say nowadays. Yeah, I mean the the music in this is is it's not completely my style, but it's like adjacent to my style. Yeah, it's pretty close um, to like you know what I listened to in college. Yeah, I mean this was two thousand one. This was the year I graduated high school. I was into like the pop punk stuff. I was uh, I was into the the punk scene locally. Um, you know, bands like Newfound Glory, uh, Starting Line, stuff like that. That was kind of kind of my vibe. Yeah, that, that, that tracks. And uh, they wanted the music in this to be like, what if Blink-182 was all girls? Oh, I totally and, saw that. I can see that. Yeah, it also has like a lit vibe to it as well. Yeah, th- this is the one that I think is most Blink-182-esque. Yeah, this is very late. Very poppy Blink-182. Yeah, like the the eighth notes and um, drum fills and stuff. Yeah, power chords. There's no actual chords played in these songs, <laughs> right? But so we kind of get a feel for who the girls are via this opening montage. You know, Josie's obviously the the front woman. Well, they actually give us words and posters of what they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Valerie, who is played by Rosario Dawson, is you know she's the bass player. She's kind of the the glue that holds everything together she's the the one that grounds everybody she's not the weird one like in most bands usually the bass player is the really weird one i don't know all the bands i've been in the drummers are fucking weird now every flaky at least yeah well that that tracks every drummer wait a minute (laughs) (laughs) so yes you were the weird one (laughs) i was the bass player too um and then yeah melanie played by tara reed is the you know head in this clouds believer in everything uh you know everything is awesome <laughs> everything we see her holding up signs awesome. say what so everything is awesome everything is cool when you're part of a team but she's like you know just holding up signs outside this place you know honk if you love flowers honk if you love rainbows and then she's got one that says honk if you love pussy and it causes it's an like, accident. Causes this car wreck. Somebody rear-ends the guy in front of him, and she like steps out from behind a post, and it says "Pussy Cats." And then I love the way she runs away with like her arms flailing overhead, like Kermit the Frog. She's just like, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> but, was it, so they like, play exactly obligated for her to show stomach this entire movie. <laughs> she is dressed very hippie. Um, 
she wears like the shirts that are like pretty much just the front of a shirt. Yeah. And then like just like one string across the back to make sure her tits don't fly out. But so they're playing this gig at a bowling alley. That's where my you band played, played a, a lot. <laughs> I was gonna say your your band played a gig at a bowling alley, right? We played many gigs at bowling alleys. <laughs> we uh I was in I did I played two different Mexican restaurants in two different bands. <laughs> <laughs> Uno, dos, tres, tortilla. One of which like one one of which closed and then we played like after they closed. Okay. Now we played while people were like bowling on Friday nights. <laughs> yeah, we played one like while people were trying to enjoy their fajitas. Like, <laughs> um, and that was when I like s- smashed my bass. You smashed your bass? Yeah, I went. I went to just kind of like drop it on my amp, and it hit the amp and fell. Uh huh. And the, the the head just like broke off. Oh shit! That's so I was like, I was like, well, this is fucked. So, <laughs> <laughs> well. I'll have to buy a new so one I anyway. Just, yeah, so I just went full, you know, like Nirvana on it or Jimi Hendrix or something. Yeah, smart move. But so they go and they collect their money for playing the gig. After the guy's like, "All right, ladies, we need the lane. <laughs> you got to go." <laughs> and the shoes. I don't know why they had to wear bowling shoes on a stage, but <laughs> <laughs> well, they had to walk on the lane to get there. I guess that's true. But so they collect their paycheck, and Valerie's just like, "All right, what do we make?" And Josie's like, 20 bucks." Hey, I think that's more than Minus. we ever made. <laughs> I don't know that we ever made money, actually. <laughs> I mean, we had songs like, you know, called Love Quake and, you know, stuff like that. I'm drawing a total blank on whatever. Uh, well, it'll come to me. All right, cool. Good story. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just like 20 bucks uh, minus $5 shoe rental. So 15 bucks. $5 shoe rental each. So oh. five, five bucks to split. <laughs> Between three people. Yeah. Plus management who takes 10%. Oh, that's true. Yeah. We'll talk about their manager in, in, in a second here. But so they go outside, they're packing up their stuff and these, these mean girls pull up. They're like, you know, the, the local just bitchy popular girls. And, you know, Josie's already kind of feeling dejected. And Valerie's just like, hey, who's a rock star? Who's a rock star? Are you a rock star? Is you a good rock Josie, star? Josie's just like, I am. And so these mean girls pull up and they start, you know, just flicking them shit, just saying, saying you're never going to amount to anything, blah, 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 blah. Typical mean girl shit. Uh, we are then introduced to Alan M., who is just the, the apple of Josie's eye. And a London brother bargain basement replacement. <laughs> kind of yeah it, that's just the vibe i got <laughs> yeah but he asks josie to come out and help him fix his truck and so she's working on his truck and he's singing some song you know did i break the carburetor some stupid song it was terrible and she's just like you know you, you don't deserve this truck You're, you just take it for granted and so he starts singing this taking my truck for granted she says, I'm taking my truck for granted. That's terrible. And then, uh, it's, it's horrible. Alan M sucks. Yeah, he, he's a douche. <laughs> but then he's just like, you know, hey, Josie, did you ever want to tell someone something, but you're not sure if you should because you're not quite sure how they would react and if they would have the reaction that you want them to? And so she thinks, you know, he's going to confess that he's in love with her as much as she is with him. 
And so she's like, you should tell him. You should always tell him. And he's like, and he's well, like, anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, there's this guy at work who just who just reeks. He just smells so bad. And she's like, oh, right. Smelly guy. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. De- definitely tell him he stinks. Yeah. But so she goes home and her and the pussycats are splitting one pack of ramen. That's where they're at financially. Damn, I've never been that bad off. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Thank God. Uh, but it doesn't seem like they have jobs. Like their their band is their job and they just made $5 to split for a gig. So well, during their montages showed Josie like working like at a coffee shop and at a record store. Oh, she actually working at the record store? I thought she was just hanging out. <laughs> no, it looked like she was working there. Oh, so maybe they do have jobs. Very, like, you know, back in 01, they're probably like in making like four seventy five an hour. Yeah. But in walks their manager, Paolo Costanzo. Hey, his first and not last appearance on uh, this podcast. Another American pie vet who I, I don't, what happened to him? Like, I know he was on that Royal Pain show for a while, but I thought he was going to be like a bigger deal. I thought so too. Like he's still working and he's just done some really big, He's made some bad choices. Let's just say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he is their manager, uh, and he also comes in with his sister, played by Missy Pyle. <laughs> <laughs> Love Missy Pyle. But he, they said, you know, why, why weren't you at our gig? And he was just like, you know, I'm, I, I'm trying to run a management company. I'm very busy. And they're like, you have no other clients. But he's like, I was, you know, hitting the pavement, trying to spread the good word of the Pussycats. And then Missy Pyle is just like, and standing in line for du jour tickets. Oh, oops. Ouch. But so then he like fakes a phone call and goes outside. He was on vibrate. Yeah. Your phone didn't ring. It's on vibrate. Oh, shit. What did they say to Missy? They said, you know, you know, something, something. Oh, you know, your fly's open. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, you know, you suck. (laughs) (laughs) suddenly valerie or melanie is just like guys quick come in here and they run in and there's an mtv news break tabitha soren sorry uh was was tabitha soren in airheads or just kurt loader i think it was just kurt loader okay i was gonna say could tabitha soren be an all-star a backdoor (laughs) all-star Backdoor All-Star. It works. (laughs) But so, yeah, this news break says that DeJour disappeared in their private jet. Uh, They have not been heard or seen from in however many days. (laughs) I love this line. She says, uh, their label, Mega Records, has yet to release a statement, but has released a limited edition box set. (laughs) (laughs) They had that ready to go just in case. But, you know, they explain later what happens. And what happens, that would be like global news. Oh, yeah. Melanie, like I said, ever the optimist, just like, you know, they didn't say they were dead. They just said they were missing. Oh. So I say we raise money for a search party and we hold a bake sale. Oh, that sounds nice. And I love the MTV news break comes up and it says, you know, du jour, 2000 to 2001. Aw. Like so many boy bands at the time. Like so many bands just in general at the time. Like the yeah. vines, okay, go. God, okay, go's still kicking around. Are they? 
they're not nearly as popular, but yeah, they're still making music. Oh, good. I saw them at the Roadhouse in Bellingham. Uh, let's see. But Valerie is just like, you know, hey, at least they had a record deal, which is a weird thing to say about someone who may or may not be dead. Yeah. But... <laughs> hey, at least they had hair. What? <laughs> at least they had their moment in the sun, I guess. Yeah. But Josie's just like, we can get a record deal, but we can't sit around here feeling sorry for ourselves. We got to get out there and make it happen. We should be out there playing music. So, you know, when when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. Back to the, the bowling alley. T- when the going gets tough and Melody comes in and is like, the tough make lemonade. And they're like, sure, yeah. Close enough. So they go out and they start just hitting the streets. Uh, we get a montage to the tune of uh, a cover of Yoko Ono's Money. <laughs> I don't have this one queued up because you guys know that song. Money. No, that wait, that's that's Pink Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> it's from uh, Empire Records. You know, that's what I want. That was a Yoko Ono song? Yeah. <laughs> I think I've heard every version except the Yoko version. Hers may be a cover too, actually. I don't know. but Okay. Um, the version in Empire Records is Yoko Ono. Oh, shit. Okay. So I've definitely heard that since I've seen that movie yeah. way too many times. Uh, this, this scene has just blatant product placement. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. There, we see Coke. This is just to name a few. Like, this isn't even all of it. We see Coca-Cola, Steve Madden, Bloomingdale's, McDonald's, Victoria's Secret, and Sobe. Remember Sobe? I was just listening to something, like, the other day, and they were talking about Sobe and how everybody, you know, because it was, like, you know, the South Beach drink in that everybody's doing the South Beach diet. Turns out Sobe had more, like, Two or three times the sugar amount of like a can of Coke. Oh yeah, yeah. You you could tell. <laughs> yeah, you'd buy like the green tea, and you'd be like, "Oh, it's green tea. It's good yeah. for me." It had so much fucking sugar, and that's why it was good because it was sweetened out that fucking ass. Yeah, it, it, you know, there's people in the South going, "That green tea has way too much sugar," as they sip their sweet tea. <laughs> yeah. But so we see the Mean Girls going into a record shop, and they're talking about, you know, I love my new pink shoes. So much better than our red shoes. Guys, pink is the new red. Oh, hey. Uh, we then see Alan coming, come into the record store, and he goes up to the guy at the counter, and he says that he's got this new remix of the last DuJour song. Remix. Bah, 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 bah. It's called the Round the World Slave Mix. <laughs> and so the guy puts it on. He's like, hey, you know, for everybody in the store, we got a world exclusive, the last track from DuJour. And they start playing it, and suddenly those mean girls are just like, you know, I like these pink shoes, but I think I also want orange shoes. I made orange. A, it's a new pink. What? Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I made a mental note that that DJ at the desk had a really good voice, and I can't figure out who yeah, he, he did. was. I wonder if he was like a real radio DJ or something. He had to be. And then we see these two guys, and they're just like, you know, I think I really want some some Puma sweatpants. <laughs> And the other guy's like, yeah, I want a six-pack of Zima. And the guy's like, you don't even drink. He goes, I think I should start. <laughs> Was that Tony? <laughs> Fuck. Probably. Tony. That's probably why he makes me drink why he makes me drink Zima every fourth of July. He heard it in a subliminal message. And he's just obsessed now. Fucking Zima. God, this stuff's gross. It's not good. No. I've had it once, and that was more than enough. But so there's this goth girl standing next to the counter and she starts talking about how much she hates this song, how much she hates the jour and she hates all popular music and all this stuff. 
And so Alan Cumming is just like, you know, I, I would love to get more information from you. Us people in the record company or in the record business like me, uh, we, you know, we love to hear these ideas and hear about everything that we're doing wrong. They and this girl's just like, this girl's like, how much time do you got? So he's like, all right, come on, let's, let's, let's go have a chat. Which don't go to a secondary location. Yeah. You never go to a secondary location with a hippie. But so she like walks off and he, I think he, does he talk into his wrist? Yeah, he does. He's like, smells like teen spirit. <laughs> oh no. I was expecting <laughs> some sort of shotgun sound after this based upon what happened <laughs> on the plane. Yeah, but no, they, he takes her like into a back room and takes her out a back door and this van pulls up and like, you know, sliding door opens. They pull her into the van and speed away. And then Alan Cumming gets a phone call and it's, it's Parker Posey on the other line. Oh, I love me some Parker Posey. She's great. She's lovely. You know, she's like, look, you need to get your ass back here with a band. And he's like, okay, first thing in the morning, I will be there with a band. So we cut to Josie and the Pussycats playing Unplugged in front of a Steve Madden store. (laughs) We see all these people going in and out and they're all wearing orange. (laughs) So much orange. And the manager of Steve Madden comes out and he's like, hey, you can't play here. You're blocking the door. You're distracting my customers. I have things to sell. They're new. They're orange. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's amazing how quickly they got orange in stock. I know, right? But he says, you know, if you don't leave, I'm going to call the cops. And they're like, all right, whatever. He's not really going to call the cops. Let's just play. Suddenly they hear, whoop, whoop, whoop. So they Policia. take off running. La policia. Immigration. <laughs> Immigration. <laughs> they're, they're running away. And they're walking across the street. And they almost get hit by this car. This SUV, I should say. It, uh, God, what was the uh, product placement on this SUV? <laughs> Ray-Ban. That was it. Had Across the top of the windshield. Ray-Ban, 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 Ray-Ban. <laughs> and driving this SUV is none other than Alan Cumming. Hola, Alan Cumming. And he pulls out a CD case and he holds it up and he sees them on, like, as if they were on the cover of the CD. Right as this guy walks by with a sign that he had just taken down from the du jour billboard that says number one band in the world. And he's holding it over Josie and the Pussycat's head. What a coincidence. And Alan Cumming is just like, you know, ding, light bulb. I got something to figure out here. So they go and they have a meeting at a Starbucks. Of course. Of course. And Alan Cumming is just like, you know, I'm so excited to be talking to Josie. And the, I'm, they're not Josie and the Pussycats yet. They're just the Pussycats. Right. So he says, I'm very excited to be talking to the Pussyhats. Hey, that comes in later. <laughs> yeah, that's this is a uh, pre- uh, pre uh, uh, premonition. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. And they're like pussy cats. He's like, oh, that would explain why you're not wearing any. Oh, hats, hats. <laughs> but so he offers him a record contract right there on the spot. And suddenly, Paolo Costanzo, in his in his head to toe orange. <laughs> Pops up out of nowhere and he's like, whoa, hang on. As their manager, I think, you know, I should I should pay attention to this. And he's like, oh, well, as their manager, you would be entitled to 10% of whatever they make. And then Josie's just like, um, I have to bathroom. Yes. And so her and Val get up and, and Mel is just like, I went before we left. 
you know, you should always leave. You should always go to the bathroom before you leave, even if you don't think you have to. And they like grab her and yank her to the bathroom. Somebody should tell my wife this. (laughs) (laughs) Did she watch this? No, she did not. Oh. But so they go in the bathroom. They're basically like having this band meeting. So, of course, Paolo Costanzo like barges in. He's like, if we're having a band meeting, I should be part of it. And Missy Pyle barges in just because that's what she does. Through the entire movie. Yeah. But so they, you know, decide they're they're going to take the deal. But Missy Pyle is just like, you know, oh, if you leave, then poor Alan M is going to be stuck here all alone with me. Ooh. Cut to Alan M on the plane with Josie and the Pussycats. And Missy Pyle and Paolo Costanzo are also on the plane. <laughs> and they're like, they're bickering at each other. And Paolo Costanzo goes, why are you even here? And she goes, I'm here because I was in the comic book. I miss that. Really? I totally miss that. Yeah, a little fourth wall action for you there. I love it when they do that. Yeah. But so Josie and Val and Mel are, you know, talking amongst themselves. And they talk about how they are the only people in Riverdale history to have all three people on a bus pass. And so they're going to keep their bus pass to always remind them where they came from. Aww. And they say, no matter what, friends first. Just like the Beatles and the Bee Gees and Led Zeppelin. Yep. Yep. But so Alan Cumming walks into the cockpit and the pilot like starts to strap on his parachute. And Alan Cumming's just like, no, no, we're not going to have any trouble with these ones. So then they go to a John Frieda salon. They get this makeover. <laughs> they were um, attacked in that makeover. I- yeah, like they walk in and there's just this like Whore. squad, this army of of um, stylists, uh, stylists. Thank you. And they yell, like, they, they like run at them. They're just like, Aah! I'd be scared. Oh, I didn't put what song is here, but there's there's a song here too. Um, uh, isn't it pretend to be nice? I don't think so. No, that's maybe. Next. Yeah, basically, like they just more or less just do their makeup and put them in new clothes because their hair is basically the same. Yeah. Like, like, Josie has this like, you know, outward flipping do that was really popular at the time. Oh man. That still gets me, <laughs> bro. A, a big, big part of the reason I love this movie is Josie. Oh yeah. I'm just like, like God damn. Like that was my, that was my type back in back then. Still. Back. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Rachel Lee Cook, obviously just a beautiful woman. Oh yeah, for sure. And then her, yeah, like, especially at the beginning when she's, you know, wearing like the, the punk rock stuff with like the cut up shirts. and <sighs> Yeah, it pushed yeah. a lot of buttons for for 17 year old Taylor. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Mom, I'll be in the bathroom. Don't knock. <laughs> uh, Yeah, but like this stylist comes out at the end and just like kind of does one little brush where she flips her hair out. And I was like, that has to be someone. Like, that has to be someone famous. Like, why would they have that cameo for just some random person? Right. And apparently, it's she. she's a real stylist. She's like stylist to the stars. Oh, okay. I don't remember the name, but... um, Yeah, so they walk out to get this makeover, and there's a huge billboard in what... It's a Times Square-esque. Yeah. Like, none of the cities in this movie are real. No, it's all shot in Vancouver. It, yeah, it looks like you know, very Times Square-esque. And there's this giant billboard that says Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, hey. And uh, Josie's just like, you know, what if what if you don't, like, why, why would you put that up already? Like, what if you don't like us? 
what if nobody likes us? And Alan Cumming is like, well, you know, if you screw up, we'll just put somebody else up there. Oh, okay. JK, JK, LOL. <laughs> but then Val is just like, um, it's it's not Josie and the Pussycats. It's, it's just the Pussycats. And Alan Cumming says, well, the public needs someone out front to identify with. Uh, we, we've done research and bands with the word and in it sell twice as much records as bands that don't. And he's like, what about the Beatles and the Rolling Stones? And he's like, well, sure, you know, there's an exception to every rule. And he's like, but would you rather listen to the Pussycats or would you rather listen to an album or read a comic book or watch a cartoon or see a movie about Josie and the Pussycats? Okay, sold. Yeah. And so they get in a limo and they drive off, but they almost leave Val behind. And she's like, whoa, whoa, hey, whoa. And then Alan coming, she's like, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you weren't even in here. That was intentional. A little bit. So she gets in. They drive away. We see this shadowy figure watching them. Ooh. Intrigue. Ominous. Mystery. Uh, we then see the U.S. government and uh, what's this agent's name? Oh. Agent, is it Miller? It was like. I, Kelly. I, yeah, Kelly. It's like, I just had it up. Yeah, Agent Kelly. Uh, and the U.S. government is meeting with a bunch of foreign dignitaries and Parker Posey. Yes. Which might seem kind of strange. She even says, you know, like, why would the U.S. government be interested in a record label? I guess we didn't mention Parker Posey as the head of Mega Records. She plays Fiona. Fiona! Not her real name. Um, yeah. So she, like, pushes some buttons on a keypad and the whole office starts to go down like an elevator. I'd want out. This feels very like our last movie, uh, event horizon esque. (laughs) It's very clandestine. Yeah. It's like, no, I don't want any part of this, but they go to this underground command center and there's all these people talking amongst themselves and like putting in data into computers and stuff. And they're just talking about like new trends and they're like, Feathers are the new rhinestones. <laughs> move it, move it. Uh, and then one woman was like, what if for a new slang, we say jerkin? Like, dude, that's jerkin. No, that would never take off. <laughs> and especially, dude, that's jerkin? No. Yeah, but like, the other one was just like, ooh, that's dirty. People will love it. <laughs> Christina Aguilera tried to make it happen. And then Fetch tried to happen. Stop trying to make Fetch happen. <laughs> But this is, there's all these like, you know, tickers around the wall. And one of them says, can't hardly wait was underrated. It was underrated. That's a little reference there. I missed it. But so. I did miss that. uh, She sits down the dignitaries and she puts on this video starring one Eugene Levy. (laughs) I love this video. (laughs) And he talks about how they're putting subliminal messages in today's rock and roll music, or as some people call it, rock music. (laughs) He says, you know, our research shows that kids today don't have bills to pay or they don't pay taxes, but what they do have is babysitting jobs. And so they have disposable income. Of course. And so that's why we, yeah. And so that's why we've been targeting kids with subliminal advertising messages in modern music. 
And this way we can have them chasing new trends every single week. And God bless the USA, the most ass-kicking country in the world. As an American flag is being held by like some chick in a bikini. <laughs> yeah. And so one of these dignitaries is like, what if the band finds out what you're doing? And she's like, well, you ever wonder why so many rock stars die in plane crashes? Bankruptcies, sex scandals, religious conversions. We have tons of ways of just making these people disappear. In fact, we created a whole show just to show what happened to these people. And it shows VH1 behind the music. I miss that show so much. I never watched it. Oh, it was good. There's a lot of good uh, behind the musics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But so Josie and the Pussycats are with Alan Cumming in this all white recording studio. And it's got like these big squishy balls on the wall for, you know, I assume for uh, noise reduction and echo uh, cancellation and stuff. Acoustical but, things. Graptitudes. Yeah. <laughs> Graptitudes. <laughs> or as Melanie describes them, the walls are mushy. <laughs> and then she runs up to this big like mixing board looking thing and she's like, oh, I like this. It has shiny knobs. She is such a child. She is, yeah. But it's the Mega Sound 8000. And Josie asks, you know, how does it work? And he's like, well, why don't you go play something? First he says, why do you need to know that? Yeah. She's like, <laughs> how dare you have questions? She's like, what is this, some kind of big secret? He's like, no, just a, why, don't, why don't you guys go play something? And so they go and they play three small words. Then they come back and he like, you know, turns some knobs and hits play and it starts playing. And they're just like, wow, like, is that us? Like, it sounds so... They don't really... <laughs> Josie just makes a face. It's, this isn't a video podcast, so I can't... She just kind of, like, you know, puffs up her cheeks. Like, it sounds so, like, big and grand, you know? But then all of a sudden, Melanie is like, I want a Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> You're a vegetarian. <laughs> I know, but I really want one. Then Dollar's like, okay, as long as we can stop at Foot Locker first. <laughs> This is when Josie and the Pussycats just start to take off. And we find this out through a montage of photo shoots and music videos. And uh, we see them climbing up the billboard charts. Literally. All to the, all, yeah, literally. Yeah. They're, um, it's, I, I assume it's either part of a music video or it's just, you know, montage. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just montage stuff. They're like standing on the billboard chart and they're like, getting more and more glam too as they climb up the charts. Yeah. But this is all to the tune of Pretend to be Nice. Written by Adam Schrushen. Well, he looks at me with those innocent eyes and says it looks like you're wearing some kind of disguise because your hair sticks up, your shoes are untied. I hope that you've got that shirt out of half price and every word I say falls flat on the floor. I try to tell a joke. He's heard it before. I'm trying to figure out who this, I mean, this is kind of lit. Like you said earlier, yeah. it's kind of got that vibe, a little less loungy though, a little more punk. Mm -hmm. um, maybe kind of some of green days earlier stuff, but a little poppier, a little garbage, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You can hear that. Um, yeah. So this is the song they're playing as they're getting more and more famous. Um, and we start to see people like getting the subliminal messages too. They're like, this is the best CD ever. And I also want Gatorade. Gatorade <laughs> is the new Snapple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever happened to Snapple? 
Snapple's still around. Is it? I yeah. I haven't seen it in a while, but I don't. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, uh, they start hawking merch with Josie, you know, Josie's name on it and uh, bags and T-shirts and all kinds of stuff. And they eventually get to number one on the Billboard chart. Yay! They've accomplished the big, so much. <laughs> they're the biggest band in the world. They're they're making a Josie and the Pussycats movie starring Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, and Cameron Diaz. Wait a second. <laughs> Did they star in a movie together already? Nah, don't worry about that. Okay. okay. <laughs> then Josie just like, all right, guys, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Does anyone else think it's strange that this all happened in a week and you see alan coming like pull out his phone and then all three of them are just like no (laughs) he like snaps the phone shut he's like oh thank god suddenly there's a knock on the door they open it up and it's the mean girls (gasps) and they're all wearing blue because blue is the new orange (laughs) i thought orange was the new black uh, well, orange was the new pink. Oh, that's right. After pink was the new red. Right. They're like they're all wearing cat ears, and they're just like, "Oh my god, we are your biggest fans!" And they're just like, "No, you're not. You you hate us." Like literally three days ago, you wanted to run us over in a jeep. <laughs> what I love every time you see these three girls, they're like in a fisheye lens. It's weird. Like, it looks like. It looks like they're looking through the the peephole at them, but they opened the door. A reverse peephole? <laughs> but they're like, no, we love you. Like, Josie and the Pussycats are the new du jour. Oh. High praise. Very high praise. So they finally, like, shut the door on them, and they're just like, well, that was weird. And Alan Cumming is like, no, that's that's normal. Like, what's the point of being famous if the people who hated you in high school don't want to kiss your ass? Most people have to wait ten wait for their 10-year reunion for that kind of satisfaction. Now, I did not pick up on this, but apparently that is a Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion joke. Really? Because Alan Cumming is in that movie. Okay. I need to go back and rewatch it. I haven't seen that movie in like 20 years. I don't know that I've seen the whole thing, honestly. I thought, honestly, like I remember liking it, and I don't remember a whole lot from it. I thought it... Like, we'd end up doing it on this show, but um, it's rated too highly. Is it? Yeah, it's like a 70 or something like that. I, th- I thought I remember a lot of people liking it. Yeah. Of course, that doesn't mean anything as critics go. But uh, so Alan Cumming tells them that they are throwing a, that Mega Records is throwing a big party tonight, all in their honor. Yay. Well, in Josie's honor. Oh, that's not a team player attitude. But so he like gives Josie an invitation. Which why do they need invitations? It's a, a party in their honor, <laughs> right? But he gives gives one to Josie, gives one to Mel, and then Valerie's just like, um, "What about me?" He's like, "Oh, I, I'm sorry. I guess I just forgot. I or I ran out." He's like, "But I'm sure you can come too. It's fine." And then he says, "You know, it's a uh, that's not the only surprise I have for you because you're also going to be playing a big stadium concert already this weekend." <laughs> That's moving awfully fast. Yeah, thanks for the notice, guy. Yeah. So you want to play us in front of 80,000 people before we've even had, like, a concert with more than, like, three people paying attention? Yeah, that's what Josie says. She says, you know what? Shouldn't we play some small clubs first and, like, build a fan base? Hit Europe? But Alan Cumming is like, 
you have a fan base. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, but like, you are the biggest band in the world. <laughs> and so this concert is going to be huge. It's also going to be simulcast on live video for the entire world to see. Online in 2001. This is something that we've gotten, like, you know, finally to work within like 90% in like the last five years. <laughs> yeah, this was pre-pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-Netflix, I think. I think you're probably right. Or at least pre-Netflix like Netflix in its current form. Like maybe Netflix was in DVD form at this point. But um, yeah. So yeah, a, a live streaming event was fairly unheard of in 2001. Yeah, this is pre-Netflix. There you go. People were still getting their movies at video stores. Right. Blockbuster. But so we see... Uh, we see Parker Posey and she's talking about Operation Big Concert. So obviously, if you didn't know already, the big stadium concert is actually all just a big scam from Mega Records. But this outfit that Parker Posey has on in this scene has like these wires coming out from all over the place well, with like feathers on the end. It, it was distracting to me. I was like, why? It looks uncomfortable. Well, every time she every time she moves, it's like yeah (laughs) (laughs) but so she introduces these uh 3dx headphones that are shaped like cat ears that everyone who watches the concert be it in person or online will have to wear them to feel the sound or whatever right and so we see they've got this like (laughs) it's basically a pen of people wearing these headphones just kind of like pacing around in a circle we see the goth girl from earlier is in there. So they've turned her into a guinea pig. Officer Kelly is just like, this is great. Like, the kids will never know what hit him. And Parker Posey goes, and neither will you. Like, she turns around, turns around kind of mutters under breath, and neither will you. And he's like, what? What was that? She's like, huh? I didn't say anything. He goes, no, uh, y- you did. I heard you. You said, and neither, neither will, will you. you. She's like, oh, no, I meant neither will you guys. Meaning the the teenagers. Yeah. I was just emphasizing my point. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. She turns around and she goes, whew, that was close. He's like, what was that? <laughs> you said that was close. <laughs> yeah, that was close to being a really nice moment between the two of us. Anyway. <laughs> I love how like Parker Posey just hams it up this entire movie too. She's like, I'm not going for an Oscar here. I'm going straight on for the raspberry. Yeah. She, she, uh, she went into, apparently she like had trouble with this role. Like she couldn't really find it at first. And really, uh, when she, yeah, when she finally kind of decided to stop trying to be like arch and like serious and just kind of like dive into just being goofy. That's when she finally kind of felt the role. Nice. But so Valerie is back at the hotel room. She's watching behind the music about the captain and Tennille and the chief. (laughs) And so they're interviewing the chief and Kevin, by any chance, did you recognize the chief? He's wearing like old man makeup and like fake beard and stuff. I did. But do you know who it is? It's baby. He's not credited. It is baby face. (laughs) I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) I did not recognize him. My girlfriend pointed that out to me and I was just like, wait, that's baby face. But yeah, he's, he's talking about like, he's, you know, I'm the one that told the captain to wear the hat. Say, so how can you be a captain if you don't wear a hat? Makes total sense. 
And but then he says, you know, the captain always said, friends first, band second, which that sounds familiar. It sounds real familiar. And he's like, I wish I would have gotten that in writing. <laughs> <laughs> because as we all know, the captain and Tennille did they eventually kicked out the sh- the chief, and it was just Captain and Tennille. They had a couple a couple moments. But so we see Melanie taking a shower. No, sorry, you don't see Tara Reed's boobs. Oh, you can if if you want to. They're out there. <laughs> it's not hard to find. No, but she's taking a shower in the McDonald's shower <laughs> <laughs> with like uh, what was it? Fr- a French fries uh, sponge. Yeah, she's got these little like I don't know if these were real things, but they were like little. She's got yeah, like a French fry loofah, loofah thing. And then she's got like, there's a, like a burger one and like a milkshake, a milkshake or, or a drink cup of some kind. And then, yeah, like they're these sponges that she's using. She's singing, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. And every time she claps her hands, she drops the, the, the sponge. She's like, oh no. But we see the shadowy figure again. Ooh. And you were like, oh, she's going to get like psychoed. <laughs> but she comes out of the shower and she sees someone has written in lipstick. Uh, beware the music on the mirror. And she's like, you know, <gasps> oh my God. And then goes up and like puts a smiley face in the O and a little heart over the eye. And she's like, that's better. Uh, M shows up at the hotel room with a pizza and he, you know, Josie lets him in. Josie's wearing this beautiful gown, gold and glittery and cut down to her belly button. It reminds me of, it's very like um, Mariah Carey. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, but Alan, I'm just like, you know, wow. And she's like, Whoa. sorry, don't like, don't, don't. <laughs> Whoa. She's like, don't, you know, this isn't mine. I didn't pick this out. They they made me wear this, but I, but I did cut up the front and make, make cuffs out of it. So she's like, is that, is that a bad wow or a good wow? And he's like, no, it's, it's a good wow. You know, this is the point where I'm just like, Alan M is the most unlikable character in this whole movie. I'm like, I just do not like this guy. Yeah. But Josie does. And she has him help her with this chain thing on the back of the dress. It's like this chain that goes from the top down to her butt. It's open back dress. And so he's helping her like untangle it and just kind of like, you know, running his fingers along her spine. And, you know, I... If I was the director, I would have had her do like a little chill or something here, but that's just me. Yeah. But they're both just like juiced up and ready to go at this point. Frothing loins. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds disgusting. It does, doesn't it? But suddenly Alan Cumming comes in. Um, Interesting that Cumming is the interrupter. Oh, he says, you know, oh, we've, we've got to go to this party. So, because Alan Cumming asked her if she's, just, you know, because they were going to, obviously he brought a pizza, so they obviously had plans, but he was like, we have to go to this party. And he's like, well, can we hang out tomorrow? And he's like, what time? He says, I don't know, two? And so Alan Cumming starts reading off her schedule. And it's like, oh, she's got, you know, Entertainment Weekly, and she's got TRL, and TRL, ET, whatever, all this stuff. So finally, they're like, 4.15. Okay. We can hang out for 15 minutes. Yeah. But so they go to this party and I love like, remember, this is a party in their honor or at least in Josie's honor. But all the decorations are Parker Posey. (laughs) 
there's like Warhol looking paintings of her on the wall. There's a big ice sculpture that says Fiona. But uh, Josie and Val start having this kind of imposter syndrome. Josie is just like, you know, all these people are looking at me. They think that I'm this, this, this big rock star. And, you know, what if, what if I'm not good enough? And then Val is just like, everyone's looking at Josie. Nobody cares that I'm here. Why, why am I here? Like, this is, you know, this is ridiculous. And Melanie is thinking, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> but so um, Fiona Parker Posey comes down the stairs to this like orchestral version of um, uh, pretend to be nice. Yeah. And she gets like carried down by these guys. This was so awkward. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> but she's like, you know, I'm Josie, I'm so happy you're here. Like, come to my girly room. So they go to this girly room, which is this big pink room, more paintings of Fiona on the wall. There's like baby dolls and weird random shit. It, everywhere. it was a creepy room that was not meant to be creepy, but it was creepy. Yeah. This dude wearing like a vest and shorts and that's it comes in and like drops off this tray of snacks. <laughs> and um, Parker Posey, like she's like, oh, I'm starving. Picks up a chip. Puts it in her mouth, but does not bite down. And then puts it back. And it's like, I'm such a pig. pig. <laughs> and she's like, Josie, what do you weigh? Josie's like, excuse me? She's like, what do you weigh? She says, 118. And Parker Posey's like, ha, 115. I'm three pounds lighter than you. Suck it, bitch. <laughs> then she's like, so, you know, you, you guys are doing doing pretty well. The the, the new the new thingle is pretty popular. You're like, what? The new what? The thing she's like the the new thong, the new thong is pretty popular. Like and they're like thong, what thong? Are you from Catalan? Like <laughs> like Cisco the thong song. <laughs> thong 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 thong. So Parker Posey's just like oh excuse me, and she like turns around and like you know does something to her mouth, and she's like sorry, I had something in my teeth, which she didn't eat anything. So no. Um, but yeah, so then. Josie and the Pussycats, they go out and they're having this, you know, they're talking amongst themselves and they're just like, is, is it just me or is like, is something really weird about that Fiona girl? And Val's just like, yeah, I feel like a lot of stuff is weird since we left Riverdale. Kind of like taking a little shot at Josie there. Yeah. Uh, but then we see Parker Posey and Ellen Cumming talking and uh, Ellen Cumming is just like, you know, that, that, that Valerie is going to be trouble. And so Parker Posey says, well, you know, let's let's just keep Josie and put the pussycats to sleep. Ooh. And then they like have this laugh off where they're like having competing evil laughs. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you win. It's like that. It's that awkward. <laughs> We did that on purpose. Yeah. But so we see Josie and L&M go to an, the aquarium where everybody is in blue because I guess blue is still the, the current blue. And they're what looks like a field trip or something. and Or maybe just a tour. But the, the tour guide is just like, oh, my God, is that Josie? Yeah. And so they're, they're like running through the aquarium. It's this is very kind of Scooby-Doo kind of. uh 
Keystone Coffee. Yeah, can he sax yeah. playing? But finally, they find this manatee tank area where they can be alone. And Josie's just like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I can't, I don't, I don't know if I can handle this. Like, I'm not a rock star. And she's like, you know, I, what, if, what if nobody believes in me? And Alan M is just like, well, I'll believe in you enough for everyone. Some cheesy line. Jesus Christ. Sounds like Gil from <laughs> from Mallrats. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know I'll be in there like a jackhammer. It's the biggest load of shit I've ever heard. But so Alan M starts leaning in for the kiss. But suddenly in the manatee tank is this like scuba diver or... Yeah, scuba diver mm. with like a, a disposable camera. Paparazzi. Yeah, paparazzo. Singular oh. is paparazzo. Oh, hey. He's like got a sign that says, I love you, Josie. Back at the hotel room, Val is starting to get very jealous of Josie. Very, very. She, you know, starts seeing that Josie's face is on the Coke can. Everything is Josie and the Pussycats. Everything is centered around Josie. But Alan Cumming comes in and he says that they are going to go on TRL. Is TRL still on? Holy shit. Let me look. TRL Total Request Live, for people who may not know, it was an MTV show where people could request shows live. They would line up in Times Square and just be like, oh my God, I love you, Justin Bieber. <laughs> it's been off uh, for 15 uh, years. Holy shit. Tells you how much I watch MTV. Yeah. Well, MTV hasn't had anything to watch in like 20 years. Big facts. But Val says, you know, don't you mean Josie is going on TRL? And he's like, actually, no, Josie's not going on TRL. It's just the two of you. Yeah, you bitches. You just want the pussycats. Because uh, Josie has to stay and listen to the to a remix of the new song. Oh, they're already remixing pop punk? <sighs> Apparently. Huh. Maybe it's just a new mix. Maybe it's not a remix, but like a new mix. No, I think I'm pretty sure they said remix. No, it was new single. That's what it was. Was it just a new single? New okay. single. And she's like, you know, I I would like to, but I, I Alan M has a gig and I promised him I would go. And Helen Cumming is just like, oh, actually, uh, they call Alan M called and left a message for you at the front desk. Uh his 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 gig was canceled. Oh. And uh she's like, Oh, well, okay, well, let me just call him real quick. And he's like, actually, uh, he also said that he won't be available for several hours <laughs> and he'll call you when he can. And she's like, oh, and that's in the message? And Alan Cumming like stands up and flips out his phone. He's like, <laughs> yes, yes, yes it was. that's all in the message. <laughs> okay. And she's like, who do you keep calling? And he's like, I am trying to run a label here, Josephine. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, you know, I, I'm starting to, uh, to, I'm starting to question your commitment, your your non-committal is making me question your commitment commitment. Oh, oh my bad. And so she's like, okay, okay, yeah, no, I'll I'll listen, I'll listen to the single. I, I want to be a rock star and all this stuff. He says, You wanna so you wanna be a rock star? Big house, five cars. Let's <laughs> so Val and Mel go on Total Request Live. And everything there is fake. Like all the people are just cardboard cutouts. It's like Johnny Depp. All the cameras. <laughs> yeah. All the cameras are just cardboard. The you know view out to Times Square is just like a tarp with a drawing on it. It's yeah, they didn't even try. 
Yeah. And then out walks uh, Aries Spears of Mad TV fame. God, I love Aries Spears. Did nothing after Mad TV. No. Except this. He should have been such a bigger star too. Yeah. They're like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Carson Daly. Check the nails. <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? I don't Does Carson Daly paint his nails? I, I didn't watch that shit. My sister did, but I didn't. Maybe he just has really nice nails. Maybe. I don't know. Constantly getting pedicures, pan, pan, medic, pedicures, pedicures. That's combining the words. <laughs> pedicures. <laughs> but uh, if you don't know, Aries Spears is black, so he's very clearly not Carson Daly. <laughs> also, much better shape. But then Carson Daly steps out. And he's just like, man, you got to stop with the nails thing. Like, you got to stop trying to be me. <laughs> but Mel is just like, this isn't Total Request Live, is it? And Carson Daly's just like, you're right. This isn't Total Request Live. It's more like Total Request dead. dead. And like pulls out two baseball bats and him and Aries Spears start chasing him around with baseball bats. He says, we've only got one request today to kill you. Oh, uh, meanwhile, Alan M is having his gig, which was not canceled. <laughs> he tr- tries to call Josie on a payphone. Google it. There's no answer because she's sitting in the tub with her headphones on listening to the new single. So the only person there who's actually there to see Alan M, it's at a, at a bar. So there's you know people there milling about. But the only people actually there to see him is Missy Pyle. Yay, Missy Pyle. She's got a big, got a big sign that says, I'm with the band. But so Aries Spears, he's chasing Val around and he's doing impressions. Because that's what Aries Spears does. He's just like, you know, who do you want to kill you? Eddie Murphy? <laughs> does a terrible Chris um, Rock. Does a terrible Chris Rock. That, yeah, Val calls him out and it's like, that's, that's the worst Chris Rock I've ever heard. And he's just like, okay. Well, how about Bill Cosby? I'm like, ooh. Oh, that one didn't age well. <laughs> I'm going to kill you after I stick my spoon in your pudding. Oh, boy. <laughs> now, this is a scene that should be remixed. Yeah, maybe cut that out in the uh, in the, the um, streaming version. No, since it's just Ari Spears, like, you know, all by himself when he's doing doing that, they should just, like, bring him back, have him, like, redo that, just, like, green screened <laughs> or something. Even though he's 20 years older? Fuck it. <laughs> We're doing it live. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, Carson Daly is chasing Mel around. And she's like, you know, you always seem so nice on TV. And he goes, oh, thank you. Uh, you know, I always thought you were kind of hot. She's like, oh, I, I thought you were kind of hot too. And, and then he's like, you know, cuts away and cuts back. And he's like, you know, my favorite movie is Lady and the Tramp too. She's like, the part where they're eating the spaghetti. And then like in unison, they're like, and their nose touch. Oh, and Carson Daly says, you know, if I wasn't a key player in this whole conspiracy to brainwash the teens of America through pop music, we could totally date. Hmm. And then uh, Melanie, what's what she do? She push him off the bleachers? Yeah. Like hits him with like she get, the um, she hits him with Matt Damon, she hits him with Matt Damon, <laughs> hits him with a cardboard cutout of Matt Damon, knocks him off the bleachers and says, like, I'd ever date someone like you. And they were currently dating. See, that's funny because they were dating at the time. Yeah. And then she like holds up the Matt Damon. She's like, now you, on the other hand. <laughs> How old is Matt Damon? 
Matt Damon. Arnold Carson Daly still has like his late night show that he can never get off of. Like, you know how everybody else has moved up time slots eventually for NBC? Yeah. Is he still doing like the one thirty show? I have no idea. But so Mel and Val go back to the hotel room and Josie is like, suddenly she's like in a bitch mood. She just hit the, hit the bitch switch. And she's like, I told the front desk, no visitors. All right. And Mel and Val are like, Hey, like this weird shit just happened on TRL. Like, I, I think people are after us. I think that we should all be worried. And Josie's just like, I don't have to be worried. I have the number one single in the country. You two are the ones that should be worried. Oh, shit. Mel and Val are just like, look, like, why are you acting like this? People are after us, and I think it's because of our music. And Josie's just like, why do you call it our music? Like, I'm the one that writes all the songs. I'm the talent here. And you guys are just trying to glom onto my talent. Ooh, goms. And Valerie's just like, what, you know, what are you doing? Like, we're all equal part in this. And Josie's just like, if, it's, if we're all equal, then why isn't it called Valerie and the Pussycats? Damn, burn. And so Valerie, you know, it's just like snaps and just starts crying and runs out of the room. And then Josie just like the final parting shot just goes, hey, Val, who's a rock star? Oh, I am. Damn. The callback. Uh, and then like Melanie is just like, You're, you know, why are you being mean? She's like, oh, you know, you know what's mean? Like, you know, puppies, they turn into dogs and they get old and they die. You bitch. <laughs> And that sets Melanie off the edge, and she runs out of the room doing her like Kermit the Frog arms. <laughs> I flipped a table when she said that. <laughs> but Josie's just like, someday you'll thank me, but by then I won't be taking your calls. She went total like Zach Morris and Zach Attack when he went solo. Yeah. Yeah, really. But so Josie leaves. She's walking out on the town, and she's, you know, still listening to the single. And we find out what we could have gleamed already but there's subliminal messaging in the new single and oh i guess we forgot to mention the voice of all the subliminal messaging is mr movie phone oh we didn't have he didn't work when there was mr movie phone in our area you want to explain to people what what movie phone was you would call into this 1-800 number and he would tell you the movies that are playing at the various theaters in your city and this did not work in Aberdeen. This was pre-internet. <laughs> yeah. You know, back in the day, like, you actually had to look up in the newspaper what times movies mm-hmm. were playing. Yeah, so movie phone was a big deal because you didn't have to get out the paper. You could just call up. Do you remember the Seinfeld episode where Kramer, like, his phone number was, like, one digit off from movie phone? Yeah, I love that episode. <laughs> so he started, he started just pretending to be Mr. Movie Phone. Such a good episode. They were all good episodes for the most part anyway. <laughs> Why don't you just tell me the movie you want? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like in this single, you know, Mr. Movie Phone is just like Val and Mel are mean, evil girls. You should have a solo career. You have the number one single in the country. Why isn't the band called Valerie and the Pussycats? You could be huge. Madonna huge. Ooh. Valerie thinks you can't sing. Seriously, she told me. That bitch. I love that last one. But Josie like trips and her bus pass falls out. (gasps) 
And this kind of brings her back to earth. She remembers, you know, friends first. Swear on my bus pass. Friends forever. Wait, that's Zack Attack again. <laughs> so Josie goes back to the hotel room where Paolo Costanzo and Missy Pyle are. Missy Pyle says that, uh, you know, she calls Josie bitchy McBitch. Ooh. Which my girlfriend was telling me became an insult between her and her sister. <laughs> you bitchy McBitch. <laughs> I like it. But so they, they go into the studio and they like, you know, isolate all the tracks. And they notice that one is like really quietly, really small, really smally, small. That's not a word. <laughs> Big old. Deep, but the, deep bigified. Big, bigly. <laughs> the little, you know, meter that reads the sound is, is just barely kind of jumping. Like, hey, what's this? And so they, they turn that up and they realize that it's Mr. Movie Phone doing the subliminal message. Misty Pyle is like, that's Mr. Movie Phone. How did you get him? You slept with him. <laughs> <laughs> but so they notice that the track is labeled MS. Multiple sclerosis. They're like, they're like multiple sclerosis. Uh, uh, I can't think of any other. <laughs> they're like, what? What could MS be? Martin Short. Like multiple. Martin Short. <laughs> Microsoft. And then she looks up, and it dawns on her, the mega sound. Oh, so was it missing sorority girls? <laughs> That would be MSG, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, that's true. Medicine Square Garden. But so they go and they start like playing around with the mega sound. They get this, the track to start playing and they realize that, you know, the subliminal messaging is like, Josie and the Pussycats are the best band in the world. I guess before that, it's like, you want a Big Mac, you want Gatorade. And then Josie's just like, they're selling stuff through our music. How and it's like, Josie and the Pussycats are the best band in the world. And she's like, they're selling us. Through our music. But wouldn't you want that? I mean, in theory, if like if all you care about is money, fame, and glory. Which must but if you want people that like actually like you for your for your actual music. Yeah. Depends on how, how moral you are, I guess. I'd take the money. I I think I would too. But Pelo Costanzo comes up and he's like, I want a vintage tea and Heath Ledger. <laughs> But Josie has her morals. She's like, you know, I'm, I'm nobody's pimp. Suddenly, Parker Posey and her security goons burst in and catch him. No. Next day on TRL, we see Carson Daly with his arm in a sling. So Carson Daly's <laughs> got, got his on cat today. ears on. He's, he's what? He's on to the Today Show now. Oh, he is? Yeah, he doesn't have his nighttime talk show. But yeah, he's on Today now. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but so it's the it's the night of the concert. The concert is at the Sega Mega Arena. Ooh, not a real place. No, it's not. But Josie says, "Look, I'm tells Parker Posey, I'm I'm not gonna play. Like, fuck you and fuck all this bullshit. I'm not gonna play. I have integrity. That's right. Parker Posey just like, what is your problem? Like, you should be kissing my cellulite free ass for all I've done for you. Okay, wait, sorry. <laughs> and Josie is just like, you know it." Go find yourself another girl. Ella Parker Posey goes, I would, but everyone's already here. <laughs> then go find yourself a spin cycle. <laughs> go find yourself a spin cycle. 
But so they bring out Val and Mel, who are all tied up. And Parker Posey's just like, hey, Alan Cumming, tell them what they've won. And they open this curtain and there's like a brand new Ford Mustang. Yes! They want a new car. And Melanie's like, I want a car. And they're like, no, you did not win a car. Val, you want a car. (laughs) No, nobody won a car. Damn it, you're stupid. But so they play this MTV news break. Tabitha Soren comes in and she makes this announcement that there was a fiery car crash outside the Sega Mega Arena. And uh, Valerie and Melanie were in the car and are you know, presumed dead in this fiery wreckage. Didn't they say like they died slowly in a fiery wreckage? Yeah. Yeah. Slowly and painfully. Like a fiery hell pit or something (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. It's like their death was not nice. Yeah. So Josie's just like, you know, you guys, I'm, I'm so sorry about everything I said. Uh, You know, I didn't mean any of it. Like if I could go back in time, I would take it all back. Melanie says, if I could go back in time, I'd want to meet Snoopy. And for some reason, I thought Cher was about to pop in here. If I can turn back time. <laughs> if, like I, yeah, if I can find a way. Why do you sound like sloth? <laughs> you guys. <laughs> yeah, so Josie apologizes. She says, you know, you're my best friends and I, I love you. Aww. And I was like, I was like, I love you too. And then Parker Posey's like, I scream, you scream. We all scream for ice cream. Yay. Everyone loves everyone. Suddenly, the like roll-up door opens up, and there's these four figures standing there. Ooh, intrigue. And they step into the light, and it's du jour. <gasps> They're alive. Three of them are in full body casts. The only one who's not is Alexander. What's his name? Do you know why three of them are in body casts? Because they got their ass kicked. Okay, in kayfabe, but do you know the real reason why three of them were in body casts? Probably because they couldn't get the actors back for that scene. Bingo! <laughs> but so, yeah, uh, the uh, Alexander, whatever, says, we were able to land the plane, but unfortunately, we landed it in the parking lot of a Metallica concert. Oh, shit. And their fans beat the crap out of us. See, this would have been world news. Yeah. You'd think that somebody would have found out about that. There were cameras all over the place at Metallica concerts. But Alan Cumming is just like, well, you, you know, you look okay, relatively speaking. And he's like, yes. And I thank God every day that I knew the words to enter Sandman. <laughs> but so Josie just tackles Parker Posey and they start rumbling to a cover of Iggy Pop's Wild Child. Mel and uh, Val, you know, Josie untied him. They get out. Uh, Mel starts just, or yeah, Mel starts just... Tara Reed starts beating the shit out of security. Yeah. Like she, she knows how to fight. Yeah. This like hippie head in the clouds girl just knows how to fight. And she's like ninja. Uh, Val like Val Irish whips Alan Cumming into some like random bungee cords. And when he comes back, she just hits him with a clothesline. He does not know how to run the ropes. No, he runs into him forwards. Yeah. You got to turn. You have to bounce. Come back with some speed. That's right. Duck that clothesline. That's right. At least maybe, you and know, hit, you know, like a flying forearm or something. Right. Sunset flip. Get Try to get the three. Sneak it in there. There you go. Yeah. But so Parker Posey picks up a guitar and starts like swinging it at Josie. And Josie's like, what are you going to do? Kill me with a guitar? You need me. Who's going to sing if you kill me? And uh, Posey's just like, you know, doesn't matter. I'll, I'll do whatever I need to do. Swings the guitar. Josie ducks. And she ends up smashing the Mega Sound 8000. Ah, damn it. Now what are they going to do? 
all this feedback starts going. So everyone takes off their headphones and the subliminal messaging starts playing. And it's like, everyone loves Fiona. Fiona is the coolest girl on the planet. Her style is so jerkin. <laughs> and then like Parker Posey just like, no, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> like on the track, not in person. So she, she starts like doing all this subliminal messaging herself. And Josie is just like, that's your big message that you're cool. And Parker Posey is just like, everyone thought up, just thought up. And they're like, whoa, hey, why are you talking like that? What are you saying? What, what way? Like, what, what way? Like that. But she's just like, look, you don't know what it's like to be teased your whole life. All I ever wanted was to be popular. And Ellen Cumming is just like, Lisa? And she turns around. She's like, how do you know that name? He's like, are you, are you lisping Lisa? She's like, that was my nickname in high school. And he's like, whatever high school? Huntington. Huntington High School? Yeah. He's like, it's me, Wally. White ass Wally. <laughs> And she's like, white ass Wally, the albino kid. <laughs> she's like, but he wasn't British. And he's like, yeah, I, I just started talking that way to make girls like me. All chicks love the Brits. And she's like, and she's like, but your skin, like you don't look all, you know, white. And he just like wipes off a bit of makeup off his forehead. And he's like, yeah, makeup. You know, then he like pulls off his hair and he's got white hair underneath. He's powder. Yeah, basically. Uh, Parker Posey pulls out some fake teeth that she was using to cover her lisp and they like go and they're about to embrace and Alan Cumming is like hang on one second oh, and just lets out this beer gut <laughs> he's like I've been holding that in for 15 years and for some reason this is the most disgusting thing to Josie and the Pussycats that like you know could happen <laughs> like oh my god I'm he's been faking us out this whole time and he's fat how dare he <laughs> But so Missy Pyle is like, what's the moral here? That freaks should date other freaks? <laughs> well, yeah. And Paolo Costanzo is like, no, the, the moral is to be happy with yourself and like be who you are. Happiness is on the inside. And he starts like taking off all his clothes. He's like, I don't need all this. Man, we were so close to having a eugenics commercial. <laughs> Text, test, two, two, one, two, one, two. And we will sterilize you. <laughs> but so Agent Kelly and the government shows up and Josie's just like, she's subliminally messaging the youth of America, blah, 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 blah. And Agent Kelly's just like, what? How dare she? I never. <laughs> and so they, um, he says, you know, arrest that woman on charges of conspiracy against the youth of America. We are and Parker the... Posey's just like, we are, we are. Josie, or, um, Parker Posey's just like, you know, what, what are you doing? You were in on this. And he goes, yeah, but somebody has to take the fall for this. Plus, we've discovered subliminal messages work better in movies. Ooh. And then like real quick on the screen is like, Josie Pussycats is the best movie ever. Join the army. <laughs> <laughs> Which just reminded me of The Simpsons. Ivan et Niash. But so the Pussycats go out on stage. Big, packed Sega Mega Arena presented by Kodak. So many Kodaks. Everyone puts on, everyone puts on their headphones. And, uh, you know, then like Josie's like, I'm going to take these off. Takes off her cat ears. And so everyone takes off their headphones. 
And she goes to put her ears back on. Everyone's put their headphones back on. She's like, just stop. All right. She's like, just look, I know you guys came here because you heard something of ours that you liked, or you heard something on our record that you liked is what she says. And she's like, but we're going to play something new. And if you like it, that's great. If you don't, that's fine too. Just think for yourself. And so uh, they play a brand new song called Spin Around. That's very newfound glory to me. Yes, that that is very newfound glory. Um, and you know, it's got that slow intro uh, that kind of draws you in, and then it, you know, counts into that that very you know eighth notes, yeah, pop punk style. Um, good call. Yeah, very newfound glory. Um, and at first, the crowd is just stoic, like they don't know what to think. What are we? But as the, what are we supposed to do? No one's telling us what to do. Right? Do I like this? Someone tell me if I like this. But eventually they kind of start getting into it and eventually just the whole crowd just starts rocking out. Yay, people like me. <laughs> but they get to the bridge and like Val's just playing the bass line and suddenly Alan M is crowd surfing and he's like, Jesse! And she's like, Alan M! And he says, you know, I, I want to tell you something, but I don't know if you'll feel the same. But, you know, and then you didn't show up to my gig, so... And she's like, well, you know, Alan Cumming told me the gig was canceled. And Alan and Emma's like, that dick. How do they hear each other? That's what I said. I was like, there is zero chance she could hear him. In a stadium show, you can't hear the person next to you. Yeah. And she's not talking into the microphone either. So I doubt he'd be able to hear oh, her. Oh, God, no. But she's just like, you know, what were you saying about something you wanted to tell me that you didn't think I felt the same? And he's like, well, I love you. And she's like, I love you. Why? I always have. No. <laughs> Oh, it just cuts to this guy in the crowd who just like drops his head and just like, damn. He had like an I love Josie shirt on. <laughs> like, there goes my shot. Even though I had no shot, but there it goes anyway. <laughs> but so they like move Alan M onto the stage. He gets on stage. Him and Josie kiss. Um, Missy Pyle is just dejected. Aww. She's just forlorn. But guy from DeJour comes by and like puts his arm around her, gives her the big eyes. Hey. Basically, yeah, so they, they you know, get back to into the song. Everybody's rocking out. Fade to black. Movie over. And then we just we get some blooper reel credits. Some of them are pretty funny. Actually. Yeah, some of them are pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as we know, thanks to our friend Jason Connolly, uh, the blooper reel credits uh, invented in Cannonball Run. That's right. But so that is Josie and the Pussycats from 2001. Kevin, what do you think? I liked it. You know, I had avoided it for 22 years and yeah, you forced me to watch this goddamn movie and I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was a lot funnier than I thought it would be. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels like it, it seems like it would be a chick flick, like a, a rom-com or something, but it's, it's really not a rom-com. It's more of like a mystery almost like, yeah, very like anti-capitalist, just, which I love. Yeah, clearly. And very funny. It's silly comedy. It's not. It's not you know a high highbrow comedy. Yeah, it, it's borderline but, slapstick. 
but I think it's funny. Uh, yeah, I like it. I, I laughed out loud multiple times. And Rachel Lee Cook's and just it adorable. Like it's, and yeah, Rachel Lee. Well, I mean, all three of them are like 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 I said, just beautiful women. Yeah. Well, I've never had um, a thing for Tara Reid. She's not my type. Uh, I I did around this era, um, and then you know, <laughs> life happens to Tara Reid. Yeah, life really happens to Tara Reid. But yeah, the, all the band members are a, a cute as a button. Um, it does seem like this movie kind of developed a following later. It it seems like this movie was really ahead of its time in a lot of ways. Yeah, I can see that. And apparently, like Bono was a huge fan of this movie. From you too. That's the one. <laughs> Probably because it's so anti-capitalist. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's true. He's like, yeah, fuck the capitalisms. But this movie really kind of started to gain a following with the rise of social media and people kind of spreading the word that way. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. And yeah, I got to go back to the fact that the, the critics consensus is that it's hypocritical to have all of this branding and, and product placement. And it's like, literally, that's the joke. Yeah, I mean, the joke is way above their head over your head way above their head not even in the same state at this point yeah well good i'm glad to hear you like it um i think this is the first movie that you hadn't seen right yeah this is the first one i know we did we, yeah we did bottle shock which i hadn't seen so good i'm glad to hear you like yeah it. and everything else that it is coming up i've seen no i take that back yeah it's it's definitely not our typical fare, it's not maybe what you would expect if you've listened to the last 40 episodes of this podcast. But I love it, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed it too. Uh, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, head over to Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, and put something in the text box. It's it's not for us. Like We we don't just want to hear you inflate our ego. We don't have egos. It's for, yeah, it's for Apple to try and move us up the charts for more people to find us. Not because we're like, oh, fuck, we're number three. We're so good. Uh, pat ourselves on the back. No, we want to be on the charts so that more people can find us, so that we can grow this podcast, get more people to listen. That's all it is. And mm-hmm. really, you can put anything in the text box. You don't have to give us compliments, anything like that. You can put uh, what your favorite Josie and the Pussycat song is. You can put uh, what your favorite du jour song is. I don't know that they have more than one, but... Yeah, I think it was just Backdoor Lover. I, I think that was the only Tell one. Tell us why you're a Backdoor Lover. <laughs> Tell us what du jour means to you. Yeah, that's a good one. To me, du jour yeah. means I'm tired. <laughs> I know to uh, uh, Moana, or not Moana, to uh, Lilo and to Vin Diesel, du jour means family. <laughs> when you hear your family. Wait, that's Olive Garden. Also the Olive Garden. <laughs> Does Dominic Toretto run Olive and Garden? I think I think he uh, he did the branding for it. Yeah. yeah. If you're not listening on Apple, just if you can leave us five stars and a little rating, um, it like I said, it does help. It it helps us helps more people find us, helps us get heard by more people, and that would mean a lot to us. You can also follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. All of those cult of splat, uh, and like we said earlier, Patreon.com/slash cult of splat just opened. Uh, we've got a couple things in the can. We're going to launch as soon as we get our first patron. So if you want to be that first patron and you want to get exclusive content, like I said, it's different from the regular show. It's all new stuff, all exclusive to Patreon. We have a lot of... Go to patreon.com. A lot of fun stuff planned for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be cool. So um, like like I said, patreon.com slash cultusplat. Head there, sign up. It's only $5. Get exclusive content. 
Uh, as for me, if you want to talk to me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram as the Taylor Bartle, and you can follow Kevin uh, Nascoda D U H on the Instagram, and let's just say that for right now because everything else is, yeah, who knows? <laughs> All right, and also of course cultusplat.com is is the easiest place to find us. Uh, you can find our merch. You can find links to all the social networks and the Patreon and everything else. And you can listen to all the back episodes. Everything's there. Coldsplat.com, best place to go. So we'll be back uh, hopefully next week with a brand new episode. Until then, see ya. Bye.